Welcome, everybody, back to the Clear Out Podcast with your host, Matt Brooks. We are brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts, and today we've got the final remaining big three in Brooklyn. Uh, I got Alex Sturm, Chris Mulholland, both from Nets Daily, my Nets Daily teammates. Chris, Alec, how you both doing today? Doing good, brother. How about you? Living. Just moved into a new apartment. Uh, Love it. Right in the middle of just hysteria so it's it's been it's been fun um alec how about you what's new what's up yeah we're right in summer matt finding a house in this market in this new york <sighs> few w's are being taken in brooklyn these days that's one of them it was terrible i'm not gonna i'm not gonna bore people with this but like it was honestly the worst thing ever like you'd go to i'm not gonna again i don't want to get too much into it but like some of the apartments i viewed over the last month were like they were bad, man, and it's oh, just, man. it's bad. You'd look at the floors, and they were, like, warped, and you're like, is there, like, is there, a, is the Loch Ness Monster, like, living under this? Like, what's Door going on in here? Yeah, yeah, Like, the kitchen, like, the tile is, like, coming up. You're like, I don't, I don't know why this is, like, $3,500. Like, I don't know if, I don't know why anybody would live here. Uh, needless to say, been a crazy couple weeks um, for the Brooklyn Nets, um, and and I don't even know where to start, honestly. I guess we start at how we got here. Um, you know, this this team that we were very, I think, all pretty excited for next year. Um, well, we we actually this is a great good uh, groundwork. The last time all three of us saw each other was the NBA draft, which was super fun. Uh, Nets obviously didn't do a damn thing except sign guys at like two two a.m. Um, we were but, all on the train going home. Yes, yeah, yeah I they was didn't, in an Uber. Yep. So quiet night. Uh, but the big thing that kind of broke was that Kyrie and KD are, are probably out of there. Uh, and it's just been kind of a holdover period um, where that's kind of remained the status quo. So, you know, I, I, I wanted to first kind of talk about like a little bit of how we all like how we got here, but also just like provide context from each of us. Because I think we all have like I know me and Alec definitely have differing views on like what. I don't want to say who's to blame, but like also a little bit of like who's to blame because <laughs> like, I think there's it's a complicated situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll start here. Like I when you guys kind of look at the last three weeks, like what what do you think was the thing that really spearheaded us to get into this position? Uh, Alec, I know you have a different view, so I'll, I'll start. I'll start with you. Well, no, yeah, we, we have gone back and forth privately about definitely who gets the most of the blame pie. But I think I think my opinion on this changes almost by the day. And if you ask me right now, which you are, to me, the defining moment of when this kind of all fell apart is when Kyrie decided not to get vaccinated and not because whether whatever your opinion on the vaccine is, but just because of what Joe Tsai's opinion on the vaccine is and that he is so strongly, is so strongly supportive and for it i don't think even though Kyrie came back first part-time then finally the mandate there was an exception i don't think Sai was ever gonna truly get past the fact that that's where he stood on that stance and it was only compounded by all the other extra stuff that he has said in media and that he did before and after the vaccine situation 
Yeah, that, I did a bunch of uh, radio stuff last week, and I, I got a pretty similar question to like, because that's always the context is how we got here. And that was the first thing I said was like, you look at when they had training camp last year, and there was that quote. Well, first off, Josiah like scheduled interviews with reporters, Brian Lewis. I, I didn't Bob do one? Our, our boss yep. do one? Yep. Our, our, our boss did one, yeah. Yep. So, which is unusual. Owners don't usually do that. Um, so, you know, he did all these interviews, which was unique, and he made it pretty clear how much he not only wanted everybody there, but he also made his personal views on the vaccine pretty known. So, I feel like when you trace all this back, that's like where the point of contention started because really it's an owner or whatever management ownership. Uh, versus player thing going on. Um, and and it, neither side so far has budged in any way. And I think you can trace it back to that. And then, you know, the season happens the way it does. Uh, and, and and that's kind of how we got here. But Chris, I mean, do you feel like over the last month and just the contract negotiations, do you feel like, what's what's your opinion on how all that was handled? Yeah, so I would say, obviously, to just piggyback on what Alex said earlier, right? Obviously, the end-of-season press conference was a big thing, right? I feel like that was not – I want to characterize it as a tipping point, but I feel like it's a very big um, stamp on the timeline, right, when Sean Marks really just called out Kyrie Irving, right? Because that's, that's the big thing here is when, obviously, he said, I want full-time players, I want to bring back the culture, and he named drop Kyrie Irving on numerous occasions, right? So that's obviously after the season sweep, obviously a disappointing season. Then you kind of put that as the cherry on top. That's where it kind of comes down to it. But wait, what was the initial question again? What was uh, that? Just, well, just I, like... I want to hop in super quickly. Yeah, that was definitely the the tipping point for Kyrie. I think. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. But but what I thought you were going was the end of season press conference, which Nets just do after their last game of the year where Kyrie talks about how he wants to co-manage the franchise next to Cy, Marks, and KD. I think that was definitely the tipping point for for Joe Cy and and for Sean Marks kind of goes along with him, who, who, I mean, this is is really strong to say, but kind of realize, oh, there isn't a lot of self-awareness here. Like, even though I think the Nets management messed things up, I don't think it's, I think it's fair to say that, Kyrie wasn't really aware of where he stood. Yeah, because there's that. Plus, like, obviously, we all know in this era of basketball, that's a big – obviously, stars have their stamp on the franchise. But for a superstar, like, especially a guy like Kyrie Irving or even Kevin Durant to say that publicly, that's a different level to it. Here's where I'm going to differ with you a little bit uh, because I – I'm probably – I mean, it seems like there's different factions of people. There's people that think, you know, Kyrie's – uh, responsible and KD because he's sided with Kyrie is kind of responsible. Um, there are people that are very, very anti Joe Psy, um, you know, in, in all of this, uh, I have to say, and I, I do think that like there are every single party involved is at fault, you know, in differing ways at different periods. I, and I'm probably a little bit more, I, I think Sean Marks has had a really good off season. We're going to get into that in just a second. I think he's made a lot of good decisions throughout the years. I think he's had points where he hasn't had his best showing, um, especially during this championship run. I think for me, I look at that, well, the last two years, there have been pressers that he's done. Where again, this guy only does, what, two, three pressers a year. He's made two big mistakes for me. The signed, sealed, and delivered thing, which is what it is. You know, it was a misstep. I don't think it really affected anything. 
yeah. I have to say, and whether this was you know fueled by Psy or whatever, I thought coming out there and calling out Kyrie the way he did, and if you're going to do that, fine. Still make the effort to say, hey, like we want to sit down and we are interested in bringing Kyrie. There just like wasn't that at all. And I feel I like from a, yep. I feel like from a leverage perspective, if you know you have these two stars, you know who they are. And let's be real, like they're both pretty sensitive dudes, like they are. Um, I think to do all that, knowing who these guys are, working with them for three years coming out there and having this pre-rehearsed, working with your PR team and trying to figure out all this and not including that, I felt like was just a huge misstep. Like it's as easy as doing that. I thought it was kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of organizational arrogance in a way, I think. Um, And I was surprised that Marks did that. So again, everybody is at fault here. Um, Kyrie for the obvious, like missing a lot of games. KD, I think in a way for aligning with people that haven't, really helped this latter part of his prime. Josai for, you know, a, a variety of things. Um, you know, the I think, cost, you know, I guess cost-cutting measures. I do feel like some of the anti-Kyrie sentiments are a little bit fueled by him, and I don't want to get into this too much, but I think, you know, we've seen stuff on Twitter, things that have been yeah. circulated that kind of suggest that. Um, but even Marks, too, I was like, you know, look, I get it. He, you know, you're, you're an employee of... Uh, of Josai, but at the end of the day, there are ways to like keep all parties happy. Josai, Kyrie, KD, and I just felt like that was like a really pivotal moment that things really went downhill from there. And in doing that, saying all of that, saying you know, look, we're looking for like whatever uh, f- people that are going to commit, um, and then going into contract negotiations, I just feel like that's going to add a little bit of spite to those negotiations. With somebody like Kyrie, who is, I mean, he's he's bitter. He can be like that. Like he can be stubborn and bitter. And we know that when he believes in something, he's he's pretty much willing to put everything on the line, uh, including playing for a team that he you know said he grew up a fan of throughout his entire life. Like that's who he is. He's a prideful guy. So yeah, I I thought that was a pretty big misstep, and I I, I do just want to bring that up a little bit. No, I 100% agree with you. Echo that ex- exact same statement. I I agree, but I, I think I'd also push back a little bit. Um, like kind of what you were alluding, what you were alluding to earlier about us disagreeing, kind of where the blame falls. I think I think of the four big players here, I definitely think Sean Marks gets the least of the blame, in my opinion. Um, I also think that like Kyrie and KD, and this is kind of the crux of the issue, like even today, because they're still on the team. They haven't been traded yet. Like even today, the issue is still, if the Nets wanted these guys back, they could have had them back. They could have offered Kyrie the max. And even if KD's been looking at Phoenix for a few months now, I think they would have been back. They could have offered it, and and they still maybe could, they won't. They don't want these guys back. Yeah, and that to me is really what's kind of wild. Yeah. Marks did that press conference. I don't know if he knew yet or if Joe Sai knew yet, which is really what's important here. Joe Sai doesn't want these players back. Both of them. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and you and- also got to you also got to throw in the fact too that the report was shams that Kevin Durant made that trade request directly to Joe Sai too. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, it was woes, but yes. Yeah. Whoa, there you go. Um, well, I think it's a good segue because I think, for one, 
Do we expect either of these guys to be on the roster by training camp? I believe so. I think I think Kevin will be, right? Because obviously you see what's going on. Obviously, it's a huge leverage game. And especially at this point, like what Windhorse reported early so that the Nets were thought they were going to have like kind of bidding war, that all the teams are kind of dive in. Best thought, you get a lot of offers on the table. You combine a three, four, five team trade. And every and obviously at that point, when you have that many teams in a, a trade, you want to make sure all obviously all sides want to be happy with it. But with the capacity of this trade, obviously the star that headlines the whole trade, I don't. I, I do expect the Nets to do the due diligence here. I expect them to be fully patient. I, I honestly do expect Kevin Durant to be on the team by trading camp. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is a different scenario because obviously, as it's it's been reported, and obviously it's been covered, the Lakers are really the only team that has that real interest, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends. Do the Nets kind of cave in that scenario, knowing that okay, it's only the Lakers that's that team's thing? But no, I think I do think. I, I'm very confident. I think that Kevin will be back. By, I mm. think he's going to be on this roster by training camp. Yeah, I think it's funny. I think you kind of see that teams around the league went from, I mean, we heard that half the league was calling the Nets the day he made that trade request. And I think we kind of saw teams around the league go, hold on, can, how low is everyone else going? Like, instead of bidding super high, they're going low. We can go low. And I think you're going to see a slow buildup in the value of offers compared to the opposite of like everyone trying to go at really high at first and it eventually kind of gets whittled down in negotiation. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Kevin Durant on the roster um, come training camp. But again, like I just said, I don't think Josai wants him on this team once they start playing games. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off both those ideas. First off, um, this KD thing is fascinating because we've had this, I mean, let's be real, ridiculous Rudy Gobert trade to yeah. the Timberwolves, which I think has reset the market. I also don't always, I feel like a lot of that is recency bias and teams will try to use that as leveraging. That may mean nothing in a month. Like it, it really, honestly, like and KD might be the reset factor. Um, the Durant thing is fascinating because he's this weird in, inflection point where He's kind of like a market inefficiency where for what he demands and what like the the trade package that he probably would get on a free market if we're going to go into like economics of this um, is not really feasible in a league where there's as much parity as there is. Like I think it's pretty even between most of these teams. So you can't really gut your team in a sense for KD because then you're in a position where it's KD, maybe another star with no depth and you're kind of like, all right, we're what were the nets of last year in a way. Like it is, it is kind of a tricky thing where if you're going to make this trade, you're going to trade away your future. You want to feel like we, we have a real shot at this. And I think a lot of teams right now are just scared of why, by the prospect of that essentially. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. I mean, I guess you'd have to have faith in your ability to find future players and as free agents, but it's, I think it's a really tricky situation for me personally, knowing this, and and I want to bring up the point that Alex said about how it feels like the Nets. I mean, I, I got asked this on radio. Um, like, is this is this which side is pushing this more? And I said, I don't know. I think both sides really want this to be over, which yeah. is just unique. Like, yeah. you just don't see that often. Even you look at like Kawhi with the Spurs. Like the Spurs wanted to bring him back. Um, this is not that situation. Um, and all the reports, I, I was it Woj this week who had the thing about you know the Nets are open to bringing KD back. 
That's I mean, me. Everyone has had that. Everyone has had it's, that. It just screams leverage. And it just screams oh, like, dude. you know, it, it doesn't make sense because then you have a report later that says the Nets are like, their offer is like dwindled a little bit. And uh, I'm just, I think they're both, I actually think they're both going to be gone by trading camp. That's that's just, mm-hmm. I, I think both sides are going to want to get this done. I do wonder if the Nets are going to have to lower a little bit of their expectations. Um, and I'm just curious to see where that ends up and, and what that looks like. Um, and if KD is the thing that resets the market. I mean, you look at what Kawhi went for. Kawhi went for a fellow all-star like Pirtle and, and what? Uh, how many picks were involved in that? It wasn't like... It was Pearl DeRozan and like three or two picks, something like that. Wasn't two crazy. I mean, again, crazy, no. different scenario. Kawhi's missed a whole year, but and and I think there was a lot of mystery surrounding him. And 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 he had one year left, so it was a, really a one or done types thing. But so I, I don't, I do think we're going to end up at a situation that's a lot different than what the Nets are asking for right now. We had a report today um, about them calling the Timberwolves about. Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, as they should, by the way. They're at they're oh, at no, that no, point. No, no. And and four first round picks. Four first round picks. As they should. They should be Too starting high. here and they have all the way until September really to get this figured out. And I do think this is gonna linger all throughout. But at some point, I feel like we're gonna get a resolution before the season starts. Cause I think the Nets after last year, after having to make this hard in trade, they just want to have a roster for the full year. That would just that's just my with no, with no distractions, of course. Yeah. Sure. Uh yeah. I I agree that they'll that they actually I do agree that they probably will be off the roster by training camp, but they have long they have much longer than September. They have they they have four years. Like he's gonna get moved, but the Nets have this is the most important decision they're gonna make for like ten years. Yeah, they have the entire contract. Would you rather all right, so here's a question. Would you rather get like a blue chip guy and some picks or just like the mother load of draft picks? Chris, because I think this is a. I'll start All with Chris. Right. And th- this is a, obviously Irving would be involved too, right? Yeah, in a separate he, deal. He, he would get moved, yeah. hypothetically saying, right? As this roster stands right now, I'd rather go draft capital. That, mm-hmm. That's how I would go, considering what they what they dealt in the hard trade. I go draft capital. I, I would go that way because obviously, don't get me wrong, they loaded up on ways to make the roster really appealing, especially if, you, if Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving does stay. It's an appealing roster. Don't get me. We all know what the void is on paper, right? Yep. But I think they, honestly, I think if if obviously like like we've talked about before, the Nets are going to shoot high. The other teams are shooting low. You got to see what the middle ground here is. Obviously, like you, Matt, you you completely alluded right there that uh, with the Rudy Gobert completely fluctuated the whole market. But if I'm the Nets here, out the safest bet, I would just go draft capital here. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I'm going to say this quickly. Like if the option is Donovan Mitchell and four first round picks versus like four picks and three swaps. I mean, I think I'd almost go the three swaps because you're just yeah. kind of like treading water in a way with Mitchell. Um, maybe you flip Mitchell for something. I don't know. I, ju- I just am always of, of the mind that like in order to get like a real true blue, you know, blue chip guy um, bottoming out is or, or getting as many picks as possible is usually the, the, the method to do so. Um and if you don't have like a tier one guy, like, I mean, like, let's be real. Who who's coming out? And, and it doesn't matter where it is, but like, who's coming to Donovan Mitchell to yep. sign with Don? Like, or or whatever to ask for a trade to Donovan Mitchell's team? I don't know, care where Donovan Mitchell's playing. It just doesn't always happen. It, you do need one of these like tier one guys to get 
you know, someone else to come there. So yeah, I, I think that's ultimately where I stand. And that's the actually where I, the big thing that I disagree with in terms of ownership and because it feels like this is pushed by ownership. Uh, the idea of wanting to get a, whatever, a young all-star or an all-star back. Um, I just don't know if, if you want to like fill seats and like make the playoffs or compete for the play-in, like why not just run it back with these guys or offer Kyrie a contract? If, if like, if you want to be competitive, like that's the best way to do it. You keep Kevin Durant and Kyrie, like, I'm sorry. It's, I, I get that it's been a tense work environment, but like, if you want to be competitive, that's the best way you do it. And they broke this records is, across the whole board in attendance. Yeah, it's just like a half measure. Games. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like Ben Simmons and whatever. I don't know. Ben Simmons and Brandon Ingram is like a half measure. Like, what is yeah. what is that team doing? I don't know. That's just me. Al, what do you think? This is fun because I disagree. I um, I almost heard a call about this until I got kind of sick last week and I wasn't really writing. Um, But, yeah, I, I'd go blue chip prospect. And I kind of, I've kind of sat down and thought about this for a while. What do you mean by prospect? Like, do you or, mean like a not not prospect? I mean, because you can do prospect like Scotty Barnes if he's on the table, or you can go with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And I would do either one. Kind of, I would I would go for Donovan Mitchell if there were a few more picks coming in as well, because the way I think about this is, um, like the whole idea of bottoming out for draft picks. It's important to think like it's not your draft picks coming in you would be controlling Phoenix's draft for seven years. Whether or not you're an average team, a terrible team, or like a six seed, you're still going to get Phoenix's pick. You're still betting on old KD and even older Chris Paul. So unless you're getting your picks back from Houston, like controlling someone else's draft is cool, still compete. Because those draft picks aren't going to change based on how good you are. I, I believe in competing. The last rebuild for this organization wasn't all that fun either. So, but go wouldn't, for, the, go for the star with Phoenix, wouldn't you want to like take a package that brings in picks involving thirty-four-year-old Durant and thirty-seven-year-old Chris Paul? Because like when that when that era is done, did, like what what is Devin is Devin Booker really gonna stick around in Phoenix? Like really? Do we, it would be a okay. massive haul. So here I don't think that's a lottery yeah. pick for four more years. And then once it is, I I don't know if I can agree because what what has and again like I get that Durant is you know he's fulfilled I guess two contracts before but like I don't really have faith that Durant is going to stick around in Phoenix if things don't go well mm-hmm. like there I because Durant to me is such like an interesting character where it's like Durant is like searching for this basketball utopia I've actually written about this before and I just don't know what it is KD is looking for so at in knowing that and knowing that he's somebody that's like gonna forever be sort of unsatisfied or dissatisfied by things, um, I would kind of bet on that. Like, in a certain sense, you're betting on personality in a way. You're betting on uh, Kyrie is like the old, like, if you can get for two first round picks for Kyrie, I'm doing that in a heartbeat. Like, I'm, because I'm like, all right, this is great. Like, <laughs> Kyrie, it'll no. be good for like eight months and then it's going to fall apart. And KD is the same thing. It's like, dude, like, everywhere, everywhere KD goes, there's something wrong. OKC, fine. Not fun to play with Russ, whatever. Like, Golden State, you come here to play like in the perfect system. And by the very end, you don't like how they play. And then Brooklyn, I get it. Like Brooklyn has screwed some stuff up. Like we can be real, but yeah, we can be real. Yeah. At, at the same time, they've catered a lot to him too, in a way that Golden State never did. So it's like, I don't, I just don't know if I really can get there and be like, all right, well, 
these guys, like, it, I just, I don't believe in teams sticking together for four years. I just don't. It doesn't happen anymore. I, I, I just, I, I follow your logic. If you can get two Lakers first for Kyrie, you pull the trigger and, and then some. I just don't think of Kyrie and Katie in the same way of like, you can bet on them tanking their next team. I, I think Kyrie Irving will tank any non LeBron spot and maybe he'll tank this next LeBron spot too. I can't see Katie in that same light yet. I think I think he is. This is strong, but I think he's kind of mentally weak when it comes to being a superstar in this league. I don't think he's going to tank Phoenix, and even if he does leave, I still don't think you're going to get a really great prospect for four years. And draft picks are fluid, man. Like you don't know what's coming. Yes, but at the same time, like again, my point with like getting this, like if you get a Donovan Mitchell, who like, I mean, we can go through, and that's probably the next point is like talk about all the different things that the Nets can look at. Like Donovan Mitchell to me is like, he's fine. Like, what is he top 25? Like he's a fine player. Um, mm-hmm. I'm surprised the Nets are as high on him as it, as they appear to be. Um, well, they just need an on-ball creator. Like you fill out this roster, what it's going to look like post-trade. It's so many like wing guys, like defensive wings. But it's like, it's built for like a tier one guy. And like Mitchell's probably a tier two dude. And it's like, all right, so you have this team. Like I I get Brandon Ingram, I'm actually like sort of intrigued. Honestly, much more intrigued by uh, than than somebody like Mitchell. It's just, I don't know. Like you look at that team and like, it's fine. They'll play well for a couple of years. You might win a playoff series, but it just doesn't move me. I don't, I mean, maybe I'm, clearly I think differently than you where I just don't believe in, like just making the playoffs to make it like you either try to win or you try to come, you know, go for the best possible strategy to get that tier one guy to win. That's how I am personally. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you, man. I'm on the same page. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go through p- trade packages. There are, what, how many teams would you say there? I would say there's, I mean, there's the Phoenix Three obvious offer real ones, which is just boatload of picks. Cam Johnson, Aiton, uh, well, Bridges. Bridges in there. I want to, can I do, how much do we think like Durant will like shape this like midsummer? Cause like, I don't know. I feel like Katie is kind of a more of like a sit back and kind of be like, yo, I like, I made my trade request. I just want to see it play out. Or do we think he's really going to like shape the market? So it's only Phoenix or Miami. Because I think especially Miami doesn't have a great offer, you know. Who doesn't well, Phoenix or have Miami? A great offer Miami. The pieces like, that yeah. they would have to give up for it—that's the thing too. Because the Nets know if they're going to go over Miami, I think they're going to—they'll probably go the blue collar route. If they do go the Miami route. Then they have to move Ben, which is a whole other. Issue. Then they have to move Ben. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like, but like, I think the teams is kind of like Miami and Phoenix, and um, oh my god, and New Orleans and Toronto and maybe Boston, but like three of those teams, the three ones that really have packages weren't KD teams. So I'm just kind of curious how much he'll like force his hand there. I bet his agent does more of that personally. It has to be. It's got to be agent pushed. So we could probably say five teams. It's the Phoenix obvious option, Aiton, Cam Johnson, Bridges, Picks, uh, Miami, which I guess is Bam, Hero and stuff. Uh, Mm Boston, which is going to be smart, maybe, and uh, Brown, and Brown picks. Like they're going to aim high, yeah. Scotty Barnes from Toronto, OG Ananobi picks, 
and then I guess New Orleans would be what like Brandon Ingram or Herb Jones. Yep. Picks is, is that fair? That's I, that's what I would assume. I think well, New Orleans is like Ingram, Valanciunas for salary. Probably one of Herb Jones or um Trey. His name is escaping me. Trey something. Uh, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy. Yeah. Who was and at then, the draft? We saw him, Chris. That's who it was. I did. <laughs> he, did. he was, he was like interviewing. Up. He was interviewing other guys. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, uh, yeah. So I mean. Yeah, I I don't know. I can't tell. Well, we I guess we could like. Do you think any of those teams, which teams feel like the fake suitors? Because Golden State's like been thrown out there, but that's I don't think that's happening in a million years. Which, by the way, if I was Golden State, I would do it. I would be like, let's just. I wouldn't do it. it. I, I was going to mention Golden. I would I, literally once you said that, I would think Golden State would immediately came to my mind. I was going to say yeah. it right away. I don't think they're going to. They're not going to do it. I would I, though. No. I knew Golden State was never happening. The day the trade request happened, there was a Jake Fish article hidden in there. He said. The one team in the league that's known to not be have like happening is Golden State. I was mm. like, okay, it's not happening. If if it's coming out this quickly <laughs> before anything is out, it's not happening. I, I just knew. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, whatever. So we'll move them. I um, I'm pretty. So sc- if the Nets want to do an fu to KD, like if they want to, if they really want to like screw them over. Well, I also like pool a lot. Yeah. I love. I like pool a lot. I'm a big pool guy. I'm pretty big pool guy. Like I, yeah. I buy pretty. I'm a, okay, I'm but is buyer. pool even like Donovan Mitchell level? Like, come on. I think and he's. Do you think the Warriors are bottoming out in like five years? Like, come on, dude. I guess. Um, I don't. I, I whatever. We'll remove them. Um, yeah. I'm pretty out on Boston being a real contender. I, j- I just yeah. don't. And I actually think like they probably have the. I mean, do they have the best? It's like them or New Orleans, and those are the two teams that I can't figure out. Like I, I don't know if New Orleans is ready to make that big of a trade with Zion extending. Like I, that just feels like super risky for them in a way. I know like that sounds stupid because KD is KD, but like I do kind of feel like you want to, you want to align Zion with guys that are like his age a little bit more. And Ingram's that he's not yeah, as good go, as KD. You go from the ground in that standpoint. Yeah, you go personally, personally, because I don't know. I would look at it as say, all right, are we going to win the title in the next two years? Probably not. I don't, I doubt it. Um, and then uh, Zion, Zion, KD, CJ McCall. I don't know. I don't know uh, if I can get there. Matt, Depends. you know me. I got the Clippers coming out of the West as it stands right now. I honestly, I think if KD, McCollum, and Zion, I don't think they get past the Clippers in six games. To be honest with you, I don't know. As it stands right now, no, not a chance. Uh, it would have really helped to see Zion take that next step last year instead of yeah. Because yeah. you know he's going to be like an All NBA guy. But yeah, yeah. I think that's nice the problem. I think that's nice. the problem. So, uh, to me, it comes down to Toronto. Like, by the way, I want to make this an open discussion. I don't want to just throw this out here and say this is what we're yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I look at Toronto and I look at Phoenix right now, and that's where I'm at. I think I feel like it's going to be one of those two. I feel like they're all going to be involved in a trade. I do. I do think they're all going to stick their fingers in a trade. With Toronto, though, it's the main question. Obviously, Masai's got the history of making big trades, and obviously Kawhi headlines the whole thing of that. But do you, do you really think, I guess this is for both of you, do you really think that, obviously, KD is KD, but would Masai part with Scotty Barnes? Do you okay. really think in that type of package? I don't Personally, I do not think so. I don't think he would. I don't think he wants to. Um I don't think he wants to. I just don't I, think he would. I think part of like this calculus is that 
and this I was kind of going to bring this up earlier when we're talking about kind of how the the market has dwindled is these general managers like these this is their full-time job they get paid a lot of money they build these teams and they spend a lot of time doing it they are so invested in each and every little decision that has gone to each 15 players on these rosters like it's very hard to just tell a dude hey everything you've worked on day and night for four years it was cool but kevin durant this one guy is probably better than all of it it's hard to accept that like right well, it's also easier to sell a young guy to a fan base and ownership than, you know, hey, like, we're going to trade for this Durant guy, and if it doesn't go well, well, then what? Like, you are playing a safer game, in a sense, by mm-hmm. keeping a young guy. By the way, he should do it. Like, I, I think I, I would do it. Oh, the, I do think he should do it. 100%. I think he should do it. And I'm not just saying that to be, like, Netsy and be like, oh, well, I want to watch Scotty Bar. No, like, I would do it personally because I think Durant is, like, that guy. The only thing I'd actually have pause with is I worry a little bit, like just a little bit. I don't, look, I don't want this to be like KD slander. I just, KD is the main guy. I'm just like, like maybe it's the Boston thing. Maybe I just have like a really gross taste in my mouth from that. I don't know, but that's the only thing that I would really worry about in a way. Granted, like you're going to have a really good roster around him. Um, yeah, either way, even if it's like, like OG or Gary Trent and maybe like Precious Achua, Scotty, and like a pick or two. Well, that's a really good package. It's not bad. Yeah. It's not yeah. bad. I like it's, this. It's, it's, it's my, a pretty good is how much does them winning in 2019 come into play? Because and it's and I've thought about this and I, I know a lot of Raptors, or I know a few Raptors fans at least. And I kind of understand the mindset of like yeah, we kind of won by bringing in a dude that wasn't really one of our own already. Like, and we're still kind of happy off that. And now we're ready to build with our own guy. And maybe we don't win, but like, we're just kind of ready for that. Like, does does that logic track? I feel like it does a little bit, even though the championships are. No, it's definitely a good point. I like that point. Well, we can't talk because the team yes. that we cover just is cool with not winning a championship. So we, I mean. <laughs> no, okay, no, like, they're never, fine. They're like, all right, it's cool. We don't need one. A, a team cool. I've heard in four has never won the NBA championship. I don't know what it feels like. <laughs> like <laughs> uh, I, yeah, which I will never, I will never agree with in a million years. Um, that's interesting, though. I, yeah. I mean, I think they probably have the best realistic package. I'll be honest. I kind of think, I think it's the best case to say no is my point. I think, the, I think they should do it. I think they have the best case to say no. Phoenix has no case to say no. Throw all the picks. I, and Throw I think that's where I lie. Like, I actually kind of just think he's going to go to Phoenix for whatever this package is, personally. And the biggest thing is, A, they're the most desperate right now. They're coming out of this, like, horrible series. Chris Paul is 37. It's similar to the Lakers thing. Uh, with Kyrie, this team is, they have a very finite window to capitalize on. and Two-year window, two-year, if any, really, if, if you want to go that far. And if yeah. we feel like the Nets are going to have this deal done by at latest February, I don't know what team is more desperate than, than Phoenix right now to just be like, all right, just like take literally anything we've got. Um, and I do think right now, like the Nets are, we've seen this happen before with a trade request. A team demands the world. They're demanding, you know, all types of stuff. Uh, you mean, think back to, like, the Houston trade for Harden. 
And ultimately, like, did they ask for Kyrie? I don't, I don't remember. Did they? Did they ever do that? I think that was a was that a Nets proposal for Kyrie? No, no but that I want to say because that's back when the Nets liked Kyrie. Yeah, and so, I want to yeah. say I want to say they asked for Kyrie. Yeah, and then, of course, yeah, Houston definitely Houston definitely threw out the big board. Right, like they, they asked for a lot. So this happens, and then eventually, and it's kind of similar to the Harden thing, where you're like, wait, like. These guys are like, Harden was a top five guy then pretty easily. Uh, KD, pretty easily a top five guy. You're looking at it, you're like, all right, you know, uh, we're going to just assume that this, we're going to get the world for it. And it's like, yeah, like, but the market also has to provide something. So I actually kind of think the the Phoenix thing is going to happen because there's this level of desperation. And I just think they're the team that makes the most sense for him. So I do kind of think it's going to look a little bit closer to that Harden package where it's like, you know, Jared Allen's your main guy, and he's not even on the team. Um, and then you just got a bunch of picks. And by the way, Houston's super happy with that. I'm sure they're just thrilled that they have that instead of oh, Ben Simmons. Thrilled. I kind of wonder if that's what's going to happen. And I would do that if I'm the Nets. Again, I don't. I'm all in on trying to get picks from a team that is built around 37 year old Chris Paul, KD 34, had lower leg injuries, injured at certain points every single year, and I just don't know like what he's looking for at this point in his career. It's clear he wanted to finish his career with Kyrie. That's not happening. So now I don't know what is going on with him and what's in flux. And then if those two, you know, let's say that flows up, I think Booker will be out of there too. I, I would just, I would take that risk if I'm the Nets. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm, I'm very adamant on the draft. I'm, I'm very adamant on picks. I think that's the avenue you go, especially if it's the Phoenix route. That's the avenue you go. Alec, you got a different. I can tell you have a different opinion. What's, what's oh, yeah. your go-to? He's all set up. He's he's, he's sitting, sitting up right up now. Over there. The legs he's up a right now. Smile right now. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's ready to he's ready to drop some knowledge. You know why I'm smiling? Because I smile. Oh, I agree. I have. Let me really. Let me wow. Yeah. Didn't see this. I think I do agree. I think if you're the Nets, you get like, uh, you get Macau Bridges, you get Cam Johnson. Who you flip? I'm flipping both those guys for picks. I'm doing it. I'm not flipping. No, you see, that's why I disagree. No, wait, 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 wait till my like blue chip stuff comes in at the end. You get Macau, you get Cam Johnson, you do like a you do a three team where DeAndre Aiden is going to Toronto, and you get OG. I think okay. that there's been a lot of aid to Toronto buzz. Dude, it's so funny if they get all these wings right when Kyrie and Katie leave. Like, oh, no, no, but it's coming. No, it's coming. Let me let me go around. And then you get you get all seven. You get four picks, three swaps. No stars, four picks, three swaps. And then and then you hold and then you get and then I mean you have a, some picks coming in from LA for Kyrie. But then you have all these wings, right? All these wings, all these good like 25-year-old 3 and D wings, but no stars. So you take some of your picks. Maybe you move Ben Simmons' salary. Maybe it's three-team, Donovan Mitchell. Whoa. But are you moving oh, – That team is mid. now are you waiting? Yeah, but it's like a horse. A Donovan Mitchell, Ugh. 25 or 26. Ugh. You have a bunch of 25, 26-year-old wings. You still have like five or six draft picks left over. Donovan Mitchell, expert passer, by the way. Definitely going to keep the offense slowing. Okay, you know what? At least <laughs> I can dribble. The, the Nets didn't have someone who can dribble, pass, and shoot for years. Give me Josh Giddy Kyrie, by the way. Give me Josh so, Giddy. That man can pass. <laughs> yeah, dude can't shoot yet. Sorry, Caves. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I would do. Be a six to be a four to six seed for like three years while getting a bunch of picks and be good. And then also get picks. Okay, I like this idea. I don't like doing this for Donovan Mitchell. It just depends That's... on who the next guy. But but there's but... no other on-ball scorer who's that good who's available right now. I guess that's fair. 
I guess so. I under, I I do understand your theory. You hope that there's another tier one guy that asks out. Like maybe you just hope that like Luca's out of there. Because I like I, I what like what's going on right now? They've lost Brunson. You, I mean, you have Igor Kakashka. You have your your connection you right have there. Your Igor. I'm yeah. telling you, like, I'm all for getting draft picks, and I think it's the most valuable capital it just you can have. It's like, don't get me wrong. It's not, it's like, okay, don't get me wrong. You're billing for the future here, but you also have that blanket of security where, okay, if something does happen, and today's NBA, anything could happen, especially starting with stars. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, just let it play. Do you, do you buy that we say that a little too much, though? Like, no, even not at all. I think it's going to get worse. I think it's going to get worse. Unless Brad the CBA steps in, I think it's going to get worse. You don't think that, like, when these guys ask out, though, they have places in mind? Or is that just, like, Katie and Kyrie? No, I think they all do. Exactly. Which is why, like, being the team that has a bunch of picks and you're ready for the next guy, you just never get them. Like, isn't that kind of the thing? Yeah, but, I mean, I think if if you're in a desirable market, which the Nets are. um, No, you're right. And you have all these picks and you're ready to let them go. I, I, I mean, I think in a way, picks are super attractive to opposing GMs because they're like, I, I'll put it like this. Picks are very attractive to GMs that are trading Job away the star. What'd you say? Job security. Job sec- exactly. Because yep. you can sell your fans, your ownership on, well, we have all these picks coming in. Yeah, we lost Luka Doncic, but that's all right. We're going to keep drafting and it's going to be fine. I don't know why I'm throwing out Luka. This is an absurd analogy. Whatever. Uh you know, like we have these picks coming in, and if you're the team trying to bring in this guy, you can say whatever. Like they're just draft Like we don't need draft picks; it's fine. Like look what the Nets did. They said that's fine. We have James yeah. Harden coming in. Like this is cool, and our fans are gonna love this. So it's like, and there was zero backlash. Exactly, and it's like they're this weird was, form of capital. Well, there was some. But yeah, but then people watched them play once. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were gonna win the pick. And it would have worked, by the way. I stand by it. They oh, yeah. It. You do that 10 times out of 10. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I mean, look, like, we don't need to hash out the, like, oh, what would this team look like with Jared Allen and Karis Levert? Like, Spencer oh. didn't. Like, like yeah. dude, that the team. Most, the most, the only wrong, ta- wrong take about this whole situation, by the way, never has, like, a 9 and 18 been more overrated than oh, that, yeah. like, Jared Allen, Karis. I love J.A., but that Jared Allen, Karis Levert team with Kyrie and KD. With- Not an amazing team. Yeah, with the current coaching staff. I don't know if that would have been that would have been the move. This like yes, 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 NBA Twitter. They didn't give Dinwiddie a chance because he got injured. Yeah. They didn't choose to hurt him. Like it wasn't happening. So that's kind of where I would lie. And I'm I'm a big fan of like swinging for the fan. I just think draft capital is super valuable. And we've had so many teams like just throw away their picks like it's nothing that at some point I'm just really curious to see like a what the outcome of that is and b what it looks like when you're one of these teams that has like I mean the Thunder is just fascinating to me like they have all these picks like what does that look they like they have the most fun team in the NBA they it's do insane. the Rockets are going to also because they have all these oh, picks no oh my god it's July so you guys think the Thunder are I'm fun. not listen Dude. I've even said this before Chet Holmgren even stepped on the court you look at how their roster is built out with Shea Giddy Holmgren you just got they're sick they're the weirdest team they're the weirdest most fun team to watch it's one of those type of it's gonna be bizarre like, okay you're you're promising that hey it's going to be a bunch of young teams. There's not going to be a lot of winning going on, but at the same time, there's such they're going to be such an intriguing team to watch. But that's because there's nothing like low expectations. The reason this well, that, era that's of the foundation of the whole thing. Yeah, there's reason the reason this era of Nets basketball sucked is because the expectations were high. 
rightfully so, and they were never met. So how about you get a good team with low expectations, and then you just have some fun, and you also have some picks coming in. That's my pick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I do. I don't hate your idea of of keeping the wigs, but I don't know. I I just like I I'd be a Sam Presti GM. Like I'd just get guys and I'd flip them. Like like I, I that's how I would do it. I'd be like, oh, we have like OG Ananobi and Bridges. Like I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get my hustle on at the trade deadline. <laughs> I'm gonna get a nice little. We're gonna we're gonna have like, it's gonna look like OKC with all the picks coming in, and all of a sudden, you know, you've made these. You've, <laughs> I mean, they, the Nets didn't screw this up, but the Harden thing blew up because of internal troubles with the team. And then let's be honest, they did kind of screw up the Kyrie KD thing, or they played at least a hand in it, certainly in the negotiations. And nobody's thinking about that because all of a sudden you have picks coming in for Bridges and Ananobi and, and KD and Kyrie. And it's like, all right, we're good now. I get to watch a team that sucks. But, you know, that is that is kind of – that's how I would do it personally. But no. um, speaking of Kyrie, I feel like we haven't mentioned him. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like – this is pretty – this has been reported multiple places. Uh, it seems like we're waiting on the KD thing. To decide the, to decide the Kyrie thing, which is smart um, – because if you if you trade Kyrie, it's like okay now like now we know where they're going like they're clearly KD's on the move like you lose your leverage if you do that. Um, I mean, is there even that much to discuss? I think ultimately the, the, the Lakers are going to bulk and just throw Russ and two picks for Kyrie. Like personally, I think that's how it's going to go because I think that's what they're going to get. I think I think from the net side, I think that's what they're going to get. And I think out of uh, obviously, I think you guys could both agree out of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, who they're going to play the waiting game with. They're going to play with Kevin. They're not going to play with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm a little curious to see how the details kind of pan out. I agree that it'll probably be a Laker at the end of the day, um, but like some of this reporting has been wild. Like the Nets <sighs> want to get rid of Joe Harris. Yeah, we all met Chris Haynes at the draft. Very good guy. I don't believe that. Um, like both of these teams are like trying to get rid of salary. I mean, yeah, probably they're both they've they're both run by people who've tried to shed salary in the past. The Nets have also added salary to Royce O'Neal this offseason. Are trying to be competitive. Like, I don't know. There's been a, there's been some Taylor Horton Tucker hype from some LA people. I mean, talk it's about a timeless tradition. <laughs> yeah, me and Matt have been down that road lot. plenty of times. Like he's um, he's like young but not actually young, good but not actually good, and on a contract that's paying him too much and won't have his bird rights and will have him unrestricted. Like it's all the bad things in one. I, I'm gonna loss for words for a lot of this LA stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think either one of Joe or Seth is moved because we talk about leverage. Have to make up for salary. That's the thing. Well, then maybe. I mean, well, believe maybe, it or not, Seth Curry's on Sports Center right now talking about the Kevin Durant thing. Is he really? Yeah, he's on that's, it right now. That feels a little too meta for me. I don't know if I like yeah, that. Somebody's gonna act. It looks like he's golfing it. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's weird. Uh, so maybe I mean I guess maybe Joe is included. If Joe, by the way, if Joe's included, we know something is off with the ankle. That's I mean that's me like. I was about to say his value is very <laughs> like something's out there in the league that we all don't know about because yeah. if Joe's coming back a hundred percent next year and he's you know I I, don't, I just don't know why you'd include him in that way. Um, and none of us have really heard an update on Joe Harris since that second surgery either. It's been very quiet. On very that dark. Aspect. Um. Well, I actually, I saw him in the neighborhood and he seemed like a cool guy. 
Nice. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah, very, very. The report, nice <laughs> reporting. Does that, do the listeners not want to know where he's having dinner? Because I'm not going to say. No, yeah, let's say, leave don't, that alone. Don't go let's down that alone. Let's Don't that do alone. it. Uh, yeah, I, so I mean, you look at this, and I'm like, so we take the KD situation. I everybody says the Nets have the leverage. You know, he's on a four year deal. I actually agree. I, I disagree so much. I disagree vehemently with that theory, mostly because I think with the way the NBA is now. Whenever the star asks out, the star has the power. That is just the perspective no, I've been working. These contracts, people need to start thinking about this. They mean nothing. I saw Stefan, I think it was Bondi who said this today. Guys sign contracts. They're not, like when KD signed this contract, everybody's going, oh my God, he signed with the Nets for the next five, like he's with the Nets for five years. And in my head, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the doomer. I'm always the doomer on Nets Twitter. But I'm thinking in my head, I go, okay. No, we don't know that. <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. not the way the NBA works now. Guys sign the contracts to get the money. They don't. It's not that they're saying I want to sign with the. Bro-. I mean, he did want to sign with the. Whoa, dude, dude, is that Bradley Beal? Like right there. Well, Bradley Beal. That one's different. With deserves the, everything. No, but let me finish this point. Like guys will sign these long-term extensions. And yeah, are they committing to one team in the moment? They're saying this team seems good for sure. Are they saying in their heads, I want to be here for five years? I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. I don't believe so at all because this is the new version of free agency. When was the last time we had a major free agent hit free agency? The last one was, I mean, I guess Kyrie and, uh, or KD and Kyrie and Kawhi in 2019. Since then, the biggest free agent's been, what, Kyle Lowry last year? This is yeah. the new version of this. You sign these long-term extensions with the idea that, hey, if this sucks, I can just force out. And there's nothing these teams can do. And many times, if you're asking out, you can go to the team that you want to go to. Like, let's be real. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a while since we've seen a team be cutthroat and say, oh, we're just going to send you to where we want you to go to. I guess the last team would be uh, the Spurs with Kawhi and, and sending him to Toronto, getting the best package that you could get. Kyrie's different because Kyrie's, I mean, I don't know. If I'm Kyrie Irving, I'm looking in the mirror being like, Damn, like the only trade out there right now is Russell Westbrook for me. Like, that's it. Well, he also went into the most simplest solution where he could get the most money, which was the player option, too. That that didn't surprise me at all. I, I could imagine for you two either. No. It didn't surprise you guys. No. I think that, I thought that was going to be the end of the solution to begin with. Because Kyrie, well, I mean, the point is, is that Kyrie's like a distressed asset right now. So, yeah. but, but he's still a less distressed asset than Russell Westbrook. And that's where I'm like, I just feel like the Nets are actually in the driver's seat there. Yeah. yeah, and also there was some reporting today from Mark Stein that like it's going to be awkward with Russ. Like it's going to be really awkward because Russell Westbrook is not someone who kind of just takes it. Well, and there's a lot of trade buzz. And LeBron's almost forty. Like that's the biggest thing that underscores all of this. Like this is it for LeBron this year. And is like who, it. And then I'm not listen. You you could take this with a grain of salt. Obviously, you guys know better than anyone. His son's entering the league soon. Who who knows what's going to happen there? Yeah. Who even knows what's going to happen? I mean, yeah, that's a cares? whole different discussion for a whole different day. But who even knows what's going to happen? I mean, who who cares about Kyrie when LeBron Junior's in the league? Bronny. Um, normal, so normal I people world going. That those, that's the one I feel pretty confident about, though. Is the the Kyrie thing is just like I feel like we know where that's going. I could almost picture the trade back. It's just like a matter of I just feel like it's in like Woj's drafts and he just needs to hit send. Yeah. Like once this KD thing goes down. <laughs> I think it's so funny his like his line for opting in was that he was 
fulfilling his commitment to Kevin Durant. <laughs> Can we that, talk about yeah, that? that Arguably so more funny than the leading us into tomorrow <laughs> like line. That is so funny with what happened. Yeah. It's it's Netsy. I don't know. The leading to tomorrow Netsy. thing was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Those that. who dare to be different. Yeah, it was good. Um, you gonna be different? It was the most like that. That whole saga was like the best way to describe the Nets over the last couple of years. Like just like just That's it, you know? it goes right in. It's fluid, you know. It goes right. It's right in tune with it. Um, do you guys? Oh, have- I one thing on the Kawhi and Spurs trade. I'll make your argument for you guys a little bit from earlier. Um, the Spurs kind of went the blue chip route a little bit with Demar. And though yeah. I think he's a, he's a lot older, and he was a lot older than like Donovan Mitchell's the guy whose name we've been throwing out. That didn't go well. They were no. average for a few years, and then they were average with Dejounte, and now they're tanking. And it was like, miserable. Yeah, and, they also have Lamarcus, and, and it wasn't. And it was almost pretty solid. Dad. It was, and it no, but that's my point. It was like yeah. the best possible outcome with Pirtle, the young guy, and it still kind of blew up the Demar thing. Yep. It's still I don't like treading water. I just don't I don't believe in it. I don't I've just never been a fan of it more than ever. It, it just totally it, it feels just miserable. With especially with this league with how much like transactional behavior there is, I just it's it feels like the weirdest way to go about keeping a team or, or building a team, I guess. Is I mean, yeah, the first just wasted like two years. They they just delayed the inevitable. Like Kawhi left, it's over. Like it's done. And they they push that off, and it's like I feel like that's what the Nets would be doing ultimately. Um, do we have any more thoughts on this, or, or are we uh, we want to touch on the free agents a little bit? I got anything? I thought we were doing summer league, man. What's going on? I have no oh, interest. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, Cam Thomas takes thirty shots, and yeah. that's about it. And goes back to back co MVPs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have no way. I mean, look, if you want to do some summer league stuff, I'm going to let you clear out at the very end, but I'm good, man. I got nothing. Let's um, see what Damon's got. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's, yeah, let's see it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, we got three main guys, two really. We, we'll, let's start with the, we'll start it's with Royce stop, O'Neal. Man. It's wing stop. Uh, I mean, Royce O'Neal, I kind of think we know what it is. Um, yeah. I, I actually, which I'm pretty I was thinking today, I'm not sure if I prefer him over Bruce Brown. I do for this roster, but I don't in a vacuum in a way. I think it, they're gonna miss Bruce's randomness. Situation. Now I think if they're gonna the miss star situation I'm all in, you know, in the star situation I'm all in. Yeah. But it, it it's so many looming questions to it. It's just I don't know. I, yeah. I like Royce O'Neal. Uh, I did see I some like him. Sixers bloggers today, or or I think it, I don't remember who I saw it somewhere Sixersy talking about how he was benched for Daniel House, which I just completely forgot about. So yeah, that was that was just trail. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I thought I saw somebody. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I I don't really know. I I want to do like a full scouting report on him. I like it. Um, probably a little bit less bullish on him. Like I know he can guard up. I'm just a little bit. I don't know. It's, I was, I like the deal. I just was, it was a strange, it was just weird also with the timing with the KD thing. But we, yeah. I think we know that, 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 that was something that was agreed upon before the KD trade request. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the deal. We've already established some kind of pro winning and I like it. Um, I don't, I don't want to paint it as like a him or Bruce situation. Even if, even if that's the Nets we're doing, <sighs> they, that no. should have kept Bruce. 
Andy. Well, yep. Like Bruce. Yeah. Bruce is just awesome. That's all there is. Like, okay, his fit's a little clanky. I don't care. He's yeah. proven he can reinvent himself. I totally He's agree. Proven he can like I agree with you. struggles. And, he has yeah. proven himself so many times over. It's easily. I cannot believe they didn't even offer Bruce Brown something. Well, the moment especially not knowing what their card, especially yeah, not knowing what their roster was going to look like, downright insulting. Well, yeah, the moment right. the Nets watched five games of just just that type of bat, like he's going to thrive in that new spot. Like, oh it's my god! Be, oh my god! It's gonna, it's going to take ten games for people to realize this. Not even what, five games. What bothers me about Bruce is that Bruce, like I, I, and I think we've heard various things over the years, over the mm-hmm. two years about where the nets were on him. I mean, we could, now that he's gone, I guess we can like, they were probably a little lower on him at multiple points. Like, I think we all heard about the stuff when Harden was there and the nets very much felt like he was a product of Harden. And that just wasn't true. Like that proved not to be true. Like we've seen him succeed as a screener. And then when they brought in multiple bigs, my impression was, Oh, I don't, cause I admit this happened last year. They brought in the Marcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, I think that was it. They brought in all these bigs. And in my head, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. Like, Bruce Brown is in trouble now because they have all these bigs that are going to take up, you know, whatever. They're going to take up his his screening actions. And he reinvents himself on the fly. And all of a sudden, he's crashing the glass. He's trying to create extra possessions that way. This year, you see the cutting. He's And he's always been a great cutter. He's maybe one of the best cutters in the league. Cutting when Kevin Durant is is double-teamed. So I don't understand how you take a guy like that and say, hey— and he, again, the shooting improved a little bit, even if the shooting isn't real. He has mm-hmm. all these ancillary skills, and you don't bring him back after all that he's done. He's the only guy that shows up against Boston, which, sure, whatever. You can be like, we don't value sentimental stuff like that. And you look at the like deal that. from Denver, too. You and it's like, deal. how do you not bring that dude back? And it's like, you've added shooting to this roster. Like, the, you have. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, you're going to have lineups where it's him and Ben Simmons together, or him and Claxton there's still like enough around him, even if they just get a Donovan Mitchell. I, I don't know. I just thought it was really weird, and I, I would have liked to see him and and you know Royce play together or or you know kind of come off the bench for one another. I don't know. I, it was very weird to me. No, it, yeah. was, it, it definitely surprised me a little bit. I think it surprised me too when Bruce went on the IG and said the Nets didn't offer him anything. I think that's what surprised me the most, right? Because obviously, when you look at what Denver offered and what the Nets could have offered. You have that equation. That's a whole different discussion. But, no, I agree with you. The Nets added a ton of shooting, especially with the wing position, right? Obviously, what they added. But, yeah, I'm just – I don't know. It's – I like I said before, I feel like it's just going to – it's going to be – it's not going to – it's going to be like – I wouldn't even say it's like Jeff Green times like five or six. You know, like it's going to be something that you just see. It's just going to be so – it's going to be regrettable instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just going to – like you're going to see it right then and there. It's going to hit you in the face. Yep. Yep, very first pod of the Clara podcast. I had Mike Prade on, and he, we talked about the Jeff Green thing. We were like, I don't know. I feel like everybody's saying, "Oh, it's just Jeff, you know, whatever. It's just Jeff Green." By the way, he wasn't. Yeah, he was pretty, <laughs> pretty big non-factor in Denver last year. But even just not having him um, was like the theme of the entire year last year. They shouldn't have that guy. So yeah, yeah, like Matt said, it's kind of sentimental. But Bruce Brown is just the type of guy you bet on, and he showed it on the court, and it showed up like sentimentally and analytically and in all the ways. I, I don't get it. Yeah. And, I, I, and I, I sent out a really salty tweet, I think, a day or after that happened. I was like, yeah, we kind of saw this coming when they benched him a billion different times for no reason, which remains true. It, it never made any sense why they just pulled him from the rotation multiple times. Yep. 
I, yeah. Well, there's the, there's the whole thing it. of quote unquote experimenting. That was like the kind of <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And then they I, I, I and they dive into that, but yeah. Just know. wait till they have DeAndre Ayton and Ben Simmons and Nick Claxton and and like <laughs> wait for the experimenting this year because it's gonna be yeah. hell on earth, man. <laughs> it's like you know who doesn't experiment like good teams, yeah. Like, yeah, contenders like like they have their good thing and they keep doing it <laughs> yeah uh i know this team has flipped it's this is the, like it sucks because this team has like changed so many times because they should be the last team that does it because they're not good at experimenting so it's really unfortunate that they may have to do it again and try to figure out things on the fly um uh, yeah i mean i i don't know i the royce thing is interesting well i, I don't think we have too much like royce o'neill is Royce O'Neal, honestly yeah. uh the tj warren one is the interesting one that was the interesting. Like with with TJ, right? It's it's two ways of going about this, right? I, I think Matt. I think maybe you would put out a tweet about it. Whatever. I think we had the same ideology about it, especially for the deal that he signed with Brooklyn. I feel like he's betting on himself more so, especially with the projection that this franchise is going with losing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and building his value up for that next big deal, rather than being kind of that complimentary piece, whatever the case is, he fits next to the stars to go lure Kevin Durant. I That's my direction of the TJ Warren. I think that he sees the way this franchise is going. I think that, obviously, on the deal that the Nets got him at, don't get me wrong, that's a great signing. you got to give Sean Marks his flowers there. But, like I said before, I just think that, it's, I think that he came to Brooklyn, just my, just my opinion, I think he came to Brooklyn with the intentions that he's just going to build his value up. I think that that's what it is. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's more so irregardless of him of like whether or not KD and Kyrie are on the roster, which I don't think they will be. Um, TJ Warren's clearly on a bit of a buy low contract here, and is trying to bet on himself. Good move again by the Nets. I'm pro winning. I think he should help you as like a proven veteran in this league with some real injury questions, but he's a guy who can put up buckets, and that's going to be needed, especially if it's a team full of three and D wings. Yeah. Wing stop. Wing yeah. stop, baby. I like that. I like that, Chris. Yeah, wing stop. Wing stop. Yeah, it's funny. I still can't get over it. They have this many wings and they hear that they don't have That's Kyrie. That's what I'm saying, dude. Like, it's like when... Uh, it's like when the, yeah. Uh, it's overloaded. Yeah. Uh, I like, let's hear it, Matt. Let's hear it. Let, let, let's hear it. I mean, it's a vet men signing. Like, you can't really yeah. be mad at it. Um not not in love with the foot injuries thing. I and granted, I was like somebody who said this is the guy they should go for, like 100. percent I've been like when they when I, they signed this guy, I was like, this is a home run. It is like you're getting him for minimum. If it works, he's either a contributive, you know, for a competitive team, or he gets moved at the deadline, and you can because again, I'm just Sam Presti over here. I guess I want to move everybody, um, but you know, like it, which I guess you wouldn't really. He's like a he's making minimum salary so whatever it would be a, a multiplayer deal but regardless um you know you're you're looking at a guy that like is you know that i i think in a way if it doesn't work whatever he's he's you know he's not making any money and he'll be off the books in a year uh but i i really like the swing and i think he's an interesting player that can give you some off-ball creation and on-ball stuff. I think we know what he can do. He's not going to, like, blow you away with athleticism, but he's really solid from, like, mid-range outward. And, um, you know, even if if he has lost a little bit from the, I guess, foot extremities, he's become such a good shooter over the the years that I, I I like the move a lot. 
I'll just say the foot injuries thing though. I'm like a little, everybody's like yeah, calling I'm skeptical this. On like, too. I'm skeptical. There's a lot of like, this is, and by the way, I will say this. I do think it's very interesting that the Nets best off season yet where they get exactly what everybody wants in terms of wings and stuff like that is the year the stars are not involved reportedly not involved at all. And all of a sudden there's all these three and D wings. It's, I think it's, Pretty interesting. Oh, oh, but 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 Matt, but Matt, didn't you see that that Kevin Durant tweeted that it's a Wings League? <laughs> this tweet, man, he knows how to be a general manager. They know what they're doing. But but Matt, didn't you see that the, the reports that they're not recruiting players? Yep. Oh oh, but they signed like the best Fedman guy yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh oh, but I thought they weren't recruiting. Oh. I, oh. Which like what's what's the Royce is like Royce O'Neal in the thick of it with KD is like TJ Warren and, and Kyrie it's separable. Like these feel like front office move. Like this feels like a Mark's move. So I like it. Uh, the foot injuries thing is what it is. I'm probably like not quite ready to say, Oh, like the nets have won free agency yet. I feel like we did that last year. And saw yeah, that turned out. Uh, yeah. But I do like it. I like the swing. Um, I just wanted to say that. I think it's very interesting that oh, yeah. just very happened intriguing. to be this year. This is the year where yeah, they very get intriguing. very interesting. Can I can I pick a name kind of a la TJ Warren? Mm, yes. Colin, Colin Sexton reportedly has no market, like at all. Another like bucket getter with some injury questions. Like you still have your your taxpayer MLE. Maybe he wants to build up his value a little bit. I feel like he goes back to Cleveland. No, me too. But that's what I'm thinking. Not, like, that. it, like I thought that too, but like clearly he might not. Like no one really wants him. Yeah, but I I don't know. I, I feel like there's like a too. guy like this every wasn't John Collins kind of similar to that way last year where he like lingered and lingered and lingered and everybody's like oh where's John Collins going it's like oh wait he's actually going and then bang Atlanta. here's the paper yeah, yeah. like I, I I don't know I'm not quite there that'd be cool but I I also don't know if the Nets are gonna bring in somebody like that without some finality on this Kyrie mm-hmm. KD thing you know in a sense I, saw, I think I think someone called Sexton the lo- this year's Laurie Markkinen which is interesting. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, that feels like slander. I don't know about that. My higher on Colin Sexton than everybody. I like I mean, Colin Sexton. I like him. I like him. He's the reason Steve Nash fouls up three. But yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Steve, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, me and my shot creation thing, I, I just like guys like that. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that's probably pretty improbable. I, I thought it was interesting that the Nets have like, they've done a really good job at like building a roster that's either interesting just to roll into next year and say, here's Ben Simmons and like a bunch of shooters. Or if that doesn't happen, they have like a roster. If they did actually get to a point where they're running it back with Kyrie and KD. And by the way, I think the Nets ideal situation is that they have one more year period with both these guys. And then they're like, all right, see you later. <laughs> like, sayonara. That, that's the fans ideal situation. The Nets don't want that. I think they could stomach it for one more year. Like I do think if it ultimately comes to that, you don't think so? Like if it, no, if it really, kinda, if the market was the stars thing, I do think you know. I, I'm telling you, I just like let's say the market is that bad, like, and they can't even get bridges from Phoenix. Like maybe they're just like, all right, we're gonna do this for one more year. Just everybody like, ha- hunker down. <laughs> it have to be like the stars realize that they're not going to get traded yeah. and then go to ownership and like, okay, we'll do one more it's year. It's all a pride and, thing. And then there has to be a PowerPoint presentation to convince those 
That's what would have to happen. It's all egos, man. These are just fragile egos that we're dealing with trying to like negotiate this stuff. And by the way, if that happens, that t- I am not betting on that team to win anything next year. Absolutely no. not. After no. everything that's happened, after no. the stars have to go back with their tails between their legs, do you really think they're going to be like, all right, let's do this? Like, no, we know. They're not like, going to have the edge for that. No, no that's, that's not who these guys are. I, they, care about, I'm, they care about winning. I don't want to do that, I, but like, yeah, there's no shot at him that way. But I know exactly. What no, no, if I can get I just there, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> Plus, I'm, you see what the Celtics just did, and obviously Milwaukee, how they kind of regrouped everything together. Like, I think, like, you gotta be locked in, man. You, you know, you know who could have gotten him to regroup though? Who? Ime. Ime would have done it. You know, I'm not Ime. doing this. This is ridiculous. They never. I know this is never a thing. This was never a thing. Why did this I'm become just, a thing? No, I know. I agree. I actually agree. The whole like the Nets should have kept Ime Udoka. That's so dumb. The Nets no one ever fires their head coach to a promoted in the system. No, and people were like decently well, high on Nash after last year. Like I don't think there was yeah. this sense of well, like. Well, I think that what was it? The last time someone actually fired their head coach and hired an assistant, what was it? Nick Nurse in Toronto, well, right? Well, no, it's not that. It's not that no one ever hires their assistant. It's that no one ever fires their head coach because an assistant is so great. Yeah. Like, you fire a head coach and then maybe you promote an assistant. We are also not so going to not- do it when your whole team gets injured and your star player still buys yeah, into that. Never made, never like, made it was never – I don't know where this whole narrative of like – I never understood that. Like, I get it. Like, it sucks. You have to watch this assistant coach carry this other team to the finals. But it's like, dude, like, I don't think – where was all of this energy – at the beginning of last year. By the way, I'm not being a Nash defender. I just want to make no, that very clear. Just got, I think, it's I just think a it's stupid just topic. Up, it just got tied up in the Eme players coach thing. That, that's where it kind of really got tied up. You know what I mean? It's Eme players coach, the history, and just like, you know, everyone complimented him players-wise. I think that's what really built it up. And then when Nash came along, like, I don't think, what, if we had to retrace, when Nash actually got hired, with people like, I don't think it was that divided at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was that divided. What would, anyway, what would we grade the Nets free agency? Let's say, I mean, it's right un- now as a stance. Yeah, but let's say we just go off these two. I mean, apologies to Edmund Sumner, who I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what his, his role is on the team next year. Who I like, by the way. I'm excited to watch a little film of him. I like I know Sumner's cool. I'm in on Sumner. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Edmund? Yeah, you I said he was like, a better version of Cam. Is that what your take was, or more no, I solidified? No, 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 no. What was no. your take before we recorded? No, my take was that I think he can like crack the rotation and be over Cam, maybe or next to Cam. He can be well, in the mix. Cam is on his team. I would. I know that's a whole thing. Um, I'm just begging these dudes to get in a room together. It's like, so ridiculous. I can't do any more of this back channel stuff. No- <laughs> There's no way they've spoken to each other besides literally the trade request. There's no way. Yeah, I agree. All, yeah. all of them need to just talk. Yes, I like agree. I and I don't know if we get there. <laughs> no, so grading the Nets offseason. Uh, oh, oh, right. Um, C plus. At best. Oh, what? What? You don't I, want I Kevin Durant on your roster. You get a C. I was going to go with a B route. Like, I would say, like, honestly, with how they look, I would give it a B plus. I'll give it a B plus. It's not an A clearly because you don't know what's going to go on with the stars and obviously the packages that have been kind of displayed out. No, no, I'm I'm changing D plus. I'm changing. Wow. Oh, <laughs> I want to give him a B because I like the moves. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm going with a B right now. Solid. You B. know what? B minus because in in theory, if this team is going nowhere, I hate trading a first for Royce O'Neal. I'm just gonna sit there and say I get it. He's a good player. I don't understand it if your team is like. 
Donovan Mitchell and you've traded away a first for him. I get, I get it. It's Wait, we're so we're grading free agent. Stuff? I'm saying like everything that we've had so far, and I do. Okay, fine. Okay, right. Mm. I have to. You want to say a B? Okay. Well, well, here's the thing, right? On, B. The, the 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 Kyrie ring like negotiation stuff. That's free agency. D, okay, no D plus. That's just a D. Okay, Maybe a D minus. Oh, if we're tying in like the superstar negotiation stuff, I thought we were just talking about what they have done okay. with roster addition. I just with don't know why it. we're grading TJ Warren without <laughs> looking at the wall. Like, oh, yeah, go no, have fun with TJ. I'm giving him a D. I'm okay. giving him a D. That's fair. <laughs> okay, so we can say, I mean, if the Kyrie KD thing is involved, like, I'm going pretty. I like. Look, I think like, I'm going like D minus. Like, are we looking at the two way contract? Like, I'm giving them a D. I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, that's fair. I might be with you. Yeah. So, if you add everything in here, I'll be nice. I'll give them like a C plus. All right, yeah, that's generous. Uh, so, without the KD Kyrie stuff, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them a B. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Plus, I'll give them a B without like the KD the Kyrie pick. stuff. With the KD Kyrie stuff, I'm giving them a C. All right. Drop a grade. That's I, I refuse to acknowledge anything not including the KD Kyrie stuff. It's D all the way. All right. So there we go. Uh, Alec, do you want to talk about Summer League? Are you excited? Oh, uh, Who do you give got him the us? floor. You wanted it. Let's do it. Summer League, bro. <laughs> Alec, the floor really is all... yours. I'm just really salty I can't go because I was going to go and plans didn't work out. <laughs> But yeah, should be fun. The entire Long Island Nets staff is there. The yes. entire staff. and who I reported uh, that. I couldn't. Oh, I reported that for one. Yes, you did. I could not tell you how excited I am that that's a thing. All you beautiful Nets fans are gonna get to see all the beautiful people down there that do great work. All the Spain yeah. pick and roll they're gonna run. Dude, they're gonna run some Spain. They call it stack though. Okay, so, so can can they run some stack with stack. Cam Thomas handling Dayron screening? Kess Edwards set in the back screen. I'm ready for. Or actually, what's his name? Uh, Adon. I'm screwing. I should know how to pronounce. Alondas Williams. Alondas. Alondas. Alondas handling because he's he's our he's the new point guard of the future. Yeah. <laughs> the floor he's man. Did you watch those highlights though? Those Wake Forest highlights. Oh, I took a look at him. I the, he's it's a clunky jumper, but yeah, I I looked I looked at it a little bit. I mean, he's undrafted. I'm not gonna sit here and tear him apart. Yeah. No, I like no, him. He's fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be fun time. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, big things. Big things I'm watching for. I want to see Dayron Sharp. I mean, it's not summer league sucks because I do this in my head. I'm like, I want to see what Dayron looks like in drop, and I'm like, I'm not gonna get anything out of that in summer league. Like, you know, Cam Thomas. I'm like, I wonder what he looks like off ball. Cam Thomas is jacking thirty shots off step backs. Like, there's. In a way, like we're not gonna learn a ton from from summer league. Like, I think we know at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah, it'll be the usual I, experience. I think the only like real summer league thing is every year there's about like 10, 15 guys that are very obviously too good for it. Let's see if there's a guy like that on the Nets. Cam. Like let's see if, Cam. Like, like, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Cam was too good last year and he didn't really crack the rotation. So you're looking for like a little diamond in the rough guy. Mm. No, I wanna no, the opposite really. I wanna see if Daron Sharp is like putting up like twenty five and twelve. 
every game. Do you remember the okay. year when Jared Allen was like in his third year in summer league and he wasn't good and everybody's like, this guy sucks. We're out. Yep. <laughs> like wow. even that stuff, I just, I don't buy into And they rested league. him like the final two games and everyone's like, oh, the coaches did yeah. it. The coaches don't right. want him on the floor. <laughs> and, it, and he's an all-star in a couple of years. I just, I can't buy any summer league stuff. I, I love, it's like, we, I think we watch it because there's nothing else going on. And I do like it for moments like with Chet where you're like, yeah. well, this is interesting. Like, you know, this is kind of fun to watch. But for the more like, micro macro or whatever i guess micro level stuff looking for like mm. skill development and all that stuff i it's pretty hard to tell i mean the last one i really remember i guess is tyrese maxi from did he play in summer league last year or two yeah he did last year and he was like able to shoot and i remember being like okay that's actually kind of interesting like i if cam thomas is making like catch and shoots i'll be interested or if kessler edwards is like Able Doing to dribble. Like, you know, no, yeah, no, able well, to dribble. It's not just catch and shoot. Yeah, <laughs> like, if he can dribble, 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 dribble you know. if he can take a ball in transition and, like, not jump off his, his, you know, do a one-footed jump too early and, like, make a layup at the rim, I'm like, all right, this isn't... But those, like, those are the things that I want to see. Uh, like, that's it. I mean, you know, everything else is kind of is what it is. It's it's micro. It's summer stuff. league, man. Take it with a grain of salt. Watch it I mean? if you're bored. Watch it if you miss miss basketball. That's just me. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. The 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 Kess stuff should be. I like I like him. I think they, it was fun. Oh, I love him. I love him. Um, yeah. Let's see. All right, let's so, sure, everyone just feel yeah, like they're like uh, they're they're one guy to watch out for in summer league. Why not? You know, they're one guy on the Nets roster. Who's yeah, the one guy? And do it that way, Alec. Well, Alec, I'll let you go first. No, no, because I've got a, I've got one that I'll make you laugh. So I'm going last. All right. So you want me to go first? Yeah. I don't know. Is Matt, Matt, you want me to go first? I definitely don't want to be up first. Now I got to look at the roster. Figure right, out. Mine's Dayron be... Sharp. I'm going to go with Dayron Sharp. That's Ooh, the one okay. guy I'm curious with. Alondis Williams. He's like a close second. You know. Obviously, we'll see. We'll see. Like if it's like kind of like a uh, like I guess like an early like you know route to a success story there. Three is like. Cam, Cam, I think, is just going to meet expectations. I don't think he's going to dip him. I don't think he's going to rise him. I think he's going to meet expectations there. And Kessler, you know, Kessler's, Kessler's one of those guys, too, I'd be intrigued to see, but I think he's going to be right with Cam. He's not going to exceed expectations. not going to decrease expectations. I think he's going to be riding that fine line. So I think Dayron Sharp's definitely that one guy for me. I'm keeping my eyes out for it. I'm going to go David Duke Jr., Believe it or not, I've I never, like I have pick. never, I, like I, have, I don't think I've ever talked about him on this podcast. Okay, that's not true, but I've, I've maybe mentioned him as like last year when, when I was talking about Bruce Brown and, uh, and what's, what was the other wing they had? Oh my God, I just forgot his name. He's on the Bucks by the end of the year and then he, they waved him. Embry? Bembry, Jesus. I loved Bembry. I can't believe I loved Bembry too. Uh, love big Bembry guy. Yeah, I just remember mentioning uh, David Duke Jr. as like, oh, he's like kind of like the, the poor man's version of those two guys. Uh, I want to see him. I, I kind of, he looked, okay. I, you know, I like him in terms of what he can do off the dribble. Um, not, okay, let's, let's make that very, I like him when he gets run off the line. Granted, he has to be run off the line. So I want to see what the shooting looks like a little bit. I just want to see. It looks, it I'm going to say he was a great shooter at Providence that last year he was there. You know what I mean? And in his rookie year, that dipped a lot. So I, I I I could buy into that. I like that. That's I your like Royce that O'Neal replacement when this team inevitably <laughs> tanks. <laughs> yeah, and he gets traded uh, and line shipped out. DJ was making some progress in Long Island at the end of the year there, so that, that's a good one. I heard the thing, but, same thing about Nick Claxton, so I'm going to hold my breath there. But <laughs> that's totally fair. <laughs> but I but I've got an, I've got a name out of Chunky Bow. I'm uh, I'm looking out for Raekwon Gray. Whoa! Because, oh. Whoa. <laughs> wow! Because because Raekwon Gray. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, left. I like this. Okay, let me hear it. Uh, had some real highs in the G League, and also had a lot more lows. There were a lot of lows where he kind of did not really look like he knew what he was doing and where he was in the flow of the offense. And there were some bad turnovers and some bad fouls. But there also have been some flashes of like size, a player with size who can shoot and pass and like be skilled. Mm. So I think it's becoming pretty like. I don't think it's a lot of time left to put it together and really make a name for himself if he wants to get a roster spot. So what is the Florida State guy? I mean, I'm I'm hoping to see him come out with some intensity. The big goes by Turk. Good dude. I feel Good like dude. I have to mention some some when we kind of talked about Kessler Edwards. I just want to see. You know what I'd like them to do is like get the like. You know how McCall Bridges? Because I just always look at those two. I feel like they're kind of similar. There's even the way they mm-hmm. shoot. I want him to get like the Bridges little turnaround game. It's you know he's got that like he's he's not doesn't he doesn't post up because he doesn't really like use his body but yeah. he'll like do the little turnaround like I feel like Kess can oh, do the that little little like whoop whoop yeah yeah like the little yeah. like little in and out type move um uh, or like Kess the fake spin that. the half spin yeah a little Kess, shifty yeah. with it yeah I think Kess can get there so that I don't I don't know why I think that's gonna happen at summer like I just want to see like Kessler Edwards do like weird stuff like there every year there's a guy that like is like like a Desmond Bain. Where it's like, wait, hold on. Like, Desmond Bain's running the offense. Like, what's going on here? I want the Nets to do something weird like that, where Kessler Edwards is like running pick and roll or something like that. Just so weird. So, do I hear the word experimenting? Oh, where's Steve Nash? <laughs> where's Steve? <laughs> oh, I got one before this podcast inevitably ends. Um, inevitably. Um, does is Steve Nash coaching next year for the entire year for game one? What do you think? I don't. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. Yes, because yeah. he makes a lot of money. I'm gonna leave it there for a head coach. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna mention. I, was gonna, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna be the one that disclosed that, but I was about to say I think he's gonna be. He's definitely gonna be there next year. Yeah, full, yeah. full next. Year. I don't over overpaying for the dude who never coached. I mean, I get it, but like, I get. I mean, look, yeah, man, I, this team didn't want to buy out DeAndre Jordan and trade away four seconds to do it. Like, I just, I, I'm not totally surprised that, like, when Nash didn't walk away from coaching after last playoffs, that he, like, stayed. I'll put it that way. Like, I, that was, I think that was the big turning point was when he was like, I'm actually cool. I'll do this again. That was yep. when I was like, all right, he's definitely going to be here for a couple years. We'll see. What is? I don't know how long his deal is, but... Yeah. Him, by the way, I'm really, I just want to put on the record. I'm rooting for Steve. Me too. You know oh, what? I'm rooting for Steve. I'm huge on Steve. I want to see what Steve Nash like. Let's say these two stars leave. I'd love to see what it looks like. Like, does Steve Nash have like a? I don't know. What's a good head coach that like had stars and then like actually was able to do stuff when they left? Um, like, is it High Lou? No. I. I mean, maybe. I. I don't know. Is like uh, Billy Donovan? I was like Billy Donovan a good example? Like somebody like that. I was gonna mention Billy when he went to Chicago in those or first like couple even years. That, that Chris Paul year in OKC, where again, like okay, yeah, it's Chris, Chris Paul. Paul that's that good. Yeah. Good example. Good example, Matt. Maybe that's yeah, it. I like that one. Then again, Chris Paul is like a head coach in himself. But like whatever. Like let's say it's something. I, I'd like to see it. I want to see what Steve Nash looks like with no stars. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm willing to see. Like like what does he do with Ben? We'll see if Ben's on the team. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I think that's everything. I don't think we have any other. Oh, Eve's yeah. Ponds. How do we not mention? Oh, oh my God! That's one my guys. For the I was waiting for you oh, to mention him. Oh, yeah, I was say, oh dude, nice. so excited for Eves! I'm gonna like be doing my annoying French tweets every time he hits a three. It'll be great. 
Um, yeah, I think that's what we got today. Thank you guys for doing this. Uh, where course, can the people find you, Chris? We can find me at C Milholland SB on Twitter and then netsdaily.com, like the rest of these fine gentlemen right here. That's where my work is. Alec? I'm writing on netsdaily.com and I'm on Twitter at Alec underscore Sturm. And I'll probably write some summer league things. Probably one summer league thing total. Good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, first off, hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I know people have been asking for some, just me to talk about the Nets. So I'm happy to do it. And I'm happy to bring these guys on. Uh, and I'm hoping to catch a good amount of summer league. We'll see. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NatBrooksNBA. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wherever else you find podcasts, uh, leave a review if you enjoyed. I thought this was a good pod, honestly. Like oh, this was a we came back pod, with dude. a vengeance, you know. I'm telling you, just, back just and better than ever. This... And shout out, shout out if you're still here because around like the one hour mark is when we really get wild. Nah, people listen that, to these things. Man. People, people listen. People listen. Ah, we we, we approach this like a pickup game. Like I hit you guys up like maybe like ten minutes before. I was like, hey, you guys want a pod? Like I surely yeah. Who can make it to the courts? <laughs> who can make it to the courts? Oh, I could. <laughs> so we we hit this like an open run. And I'm pretty I'm pretty juiced with it. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for joining me, and I will talk to everybody soon. Peace. Peace.